Welcome to the Community Fellowship Podcast, your way to stay connected with biblically-themed messages, discussions, and interviews from Community Fellowship in East Bernard, Texas. Learn more about our church at the cfeb.church website, check us out on social media at CF East Bernard, or attend an in-person service at 635 Main Street in East Bernard. We are a local church that works to make the love of Christ for all humanity known to our community and the world. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this week's content. God, God works in ways that I just don't understand sometimes as I'm preparing for this morning's message. I thought about this song. I say, this song will be so perfect. Did I call anyone from the band and say, play this song? No, I didn't. I promise you I didn't. Didn't need to. God said it was going to be perfect for this morning, and then God told you to play it. That's how God works. I, I'm just, um, but I'm, I, we shouldn't be amazed, but then I am amazed, right? Because, like, who am I going to call? the church that I'm a guest at and tell the band I want you to play a song. I can request it, right? But anyway. Yes. Yeah, that last one. I want to make a really silly request. Kim, can you move over just a little bit? Yeah, I want to be able to see you. <laughs> I No, I mean, I... No, no, no. I find comfort in watching my wife while I preach. I, I really do. Be, if no one else smiles and agrees with me, she will. <laughs> she brings me comfort, and I don't like preaching when she's not here. Okay? So, <laughs> I don't know why I've never told you that. I'm looking at her, not you, all right? Her. So... <laughs> I'll just play it. Anyway... So anyway, um, no, I just, I like to look at my wife when I preach. Um, she's a big supporter of mine. I was, I was at another church last week and she didn't go. And, and so I bragged on my wife and I, and it's just, she's a big supporter of mine. I couldn't do ministry without her. She's in our wildlife team. She leads up our junior high girls, her and another uh, awesome volunteer named Stephanie, and uh, man, we can't we can't do it without. I can't. I don't know, brother. You can't do it without your wife, you know. And men, you can't you can't do that. I, I want to just just briefly tell you the journey that God's taken us down as we prepare for a marriage. Uh, I don't know. It's not a really a conference. It's just a marriage married people night. I'm just going to call it that. And we'll if you're friends with me on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to share this link, but in Cuero, which is about an hour and a half drive, and if you're willing to drive it, it's going to be a nice night. Uh, child care is provided at Lifeway Church there in Cuero, and her and I are going to talk about the book that we're currently reading called Love and Respect, and, and it's an awesome, awesome book. God has opened my eyes to some things that my wife needs and vice versa, and that we've shared a little bit already. Um, with our church. Um, so really, really good stuff. Even if you don't go, pick up the book, write it down, love and respect. Easy. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, so anyway, you know, 
as a pastor, I have to be really concerned about our worship. I have to be really concerned about the church that God puts me at and how I'm going to lead and how I'm leading. Like, I have to reevaluate myself. I'm just going to tell you what, where God's taken me uh, the last about a month and a half. Is that when, and I, I don't know, maybe I've shared with you that my daughter, my nine-year-old who was here, she went back. She said she was going to stay in here, but I guess she's gone. So <laughs> she saw the other kids. And she looked at me and says, Dad, when are you going to barbecue for us? I, you're, you're never home to, to barbecue. Did I share this story with you? No? And so and there's always something, right? There's always something going on. And I'm, I got two older kids, Nicholas and Elena, 23 and 19 years old. And they saw my backside so many times going to church events. And I would label it church events, men's Bible study. Got a meeting at church. I got this going on, got that going on. And I'm, they're left there at home like, I can just imagine, what do we get? My wife, what do I get? And so, and I've always known this, but never really just took it to heart until my nine-year-old tells me, when are you going to cook for me? So we're, on a Friday night, we're going to a birthday party, and we're coming home, and, and my wife and I are talking about our schedules, and man, we got, and I'm lining it out. I'm frustrated, right? You know when you get frustrated, you just start, Things come out of your mouth that shouldn't, right? Okay? And they, we got this going on on Monday. Tuesday, we got this. Wednesday, we got church. Thursday, we got softball practice. Friday, we got this. Saturday, we got this event. And I went on for two weeks, and there was something every day. I was like, this weekend, we're cutting it off. She goes, well, sat Saturday is when, our, is when our campfire meets. That's our small group, right? She goes, that's when our small group meets. We meet twice a month, and it's called the Chosen Campfire. If you've they're coming out with the chosen season three here pretty soon. Okay, so if you're if you're not if you're not tuned in, you need to go watch the chosen. All right, if you're one that likes to sit around and watch Netflix and binge, hey, binge on the chosen for a little bit. Okay, all right. If you want to know what the chosen is, come talk to me. It's free. It's an app. You, you, we got these things called smart TVs now, and and so you can even download that app there. All right, and and watch the chosen. All right, and it's all about how Jesus and how he chose his disciples, and the story goes through the Bible. Okay, and they're gonna start season three. But anyway, what we do at our campfire at our small group, we watch an episode of The Chosen and then we talk about it. It's a very good time that we have. We eat some good food too, and we committed on going. And I said, No, we're not going. That's it. I we text them, sorry, we won't be there. Okay, we were supposed to bring something. I don't know what it was drinks. We always get. We always bring drinks, right? That's the easiest thing. So anyway, they could go out and get those. But we're staying home, and I'm cooking, and we're going to relax. We had to cut it out. And I realized something that my kids are missing out. And I don't want to make the same mistake that I did with my older two, with my younger two. My daughter, Olivia, says, Dad, I want you to coach softball. Right? I love coaching. I love softball. I love sports. And I love it even more because she loves it. And I love it even more because she responds to it. And you know what? I got this much time with my family, with my kids. I got this much time. 
Is men's group important, men? Yes, it is. I'm going to look at you straight dead in your eyeballs. Yes, it is. But your kids and your wife is more important. And if I can't lead my family, I have no business leading a church. And I needed to stay home and lead my family. That's what men do. And so I had to rearrange my schedule. So I told our men's group leader, hey, I'm going to be out. He came up to me on Wednesday. We had an awesome time of worship at our church. We, we sung some songs, testimonies. We took a break of Wednesday night activities, and we just worshiped and shared some testimonies, and we ate. We're going to read about some of that stuff here in a little bit, why we did that on Wednesday as a church. But folks, we got to rearrange some schedules. We got to we got to look at some schedules, and and so as we as we dig in, and I have to dig in. If I'm asking you to dig in, I have to be the first one to dig in, right? How do I expect you to do something if I don't do it? Am I right? Amen. Right? If you catch me as a pastor not practicing what I preach, I'm a what? Hypocrite. And no one's going to listen to a hypocrite, right? Now, I'm not perfect, and you watch me long enough, I will let you down. But that's with anyone, because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And so I've always been concerned about the health of our churches. Just looking at church, when I was in seminary, we would go and preach at different churches because they needed a supply preacher, and you walk in, and you're like, oh, you're just like, man, like, okay. And then, and and then even around around the Victoria area, so many churches without pastors, and you get called on week after week to come preach. And I love preaching God's word. And some churches aren't ready for the harshness that God wants to tell the churches. To be honest, and that I'm, I preach out of Revelation chapter three when he. He, he, he preached to the church of Laodicea the same sermon I preached here almost a year ago around this time when I came. That was my first time here. And that was the sermon where, where Jesus tells, he writes a letter to the church of Laodicea saying, hey, I have this, you are, you're lukewarm, you're neither hot or cold, and because you're neither hot or cold, I'm going to what? Spit you out of my mouth. Is that a spit or is it a throw up? It's a throw up. Basically saying, church, I want to use you, but I can't because you're not following me. And it makes me sick, so sick. You make me throw up because I want to use you and you can't, I can't use you. Did you know two weeks ago that when I preached that sermon at a church, that I had a whole family get up and leave. Okay. And I kept preaching God's word. Why? Because God's word can be offensive to people. That's why they put them on the cross. And today I may offend you, but I'm going to preach God's word in a manner that he meant for it to be read. There are many churches that's going to preach to you the good things about the gospel, the feel-good stories. But church, there is a hell. There is a place called hell. And my desire is that when Jesus comes back, that my friends, Jesus would look at them and, and 
see himself, his Holy Spirit, that God will see his Son living within you. Because on that day, wide is the road that leads to destruction. Many people will go down that road. That's why it's wide. But narrow is the way that enter into those gates. Not trying to scare you, they're facts. And my thing is this. What does Jesus think of our worship in our churches right now? I mean, let's just think about your church here. Let's self-evaluate now. Forget about other churches. It's about us. What would God think of us right now if he were to walk into this church? Where's your heart? Because he knows your heart. How many times did he tell the Pharisee what he was thinking? Because he knows their heart. See, God has an order he wants us to use in church. He gives us commands and, and, and how he wants our churches to operate. And we must follow those commands. And what happens when we get out of line and do what pleases us more than what pleases him? Now, I love steak, right? How many, how many of you love steak? I know we're about to go eat. Right, we love steak. My wife makes an incredible steak. She does. And I love when she calls me and says, hey, I'm making steak. I tell my office, goodbye. I'm gone because I'm not going to be late. And she wants, my wife wants to, to provide me with the juice, nicest, juiciest steak that I can imagine, right? What were to happen, though, if I... If she asks me, do you want steak? I say, yes. How do you want it? Medium rare. Don't say, well done. All right. You will. Uh, please. All right. I, I'm, I'm still your friend, but if you say well done in front of me, I'm going to have a talk with you. Okay. Medium rare. Just a little pink. All right. So anyway, so uh, medium, medium, um, medium rare. Okay. I like a little blood in it. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> so I'm not making you hungry, right? Green beans. I mean... And, and she's cooking this awesome dinner, and I come home, and then she puts a bowl of spaghetti in front of me. <laughs> we may have to have, go back to the book, Loving and Respect again, <laughs> read it over. No, but seriously, what if you walk into your favorite restaurant, and you tell the waitress or the waiter, and you, 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 you put in your order for the nice, your favorite steak, and they bring you a bowl of spaghetti. What did they bring you? They brought you what they wanted to cook. They didn't feel like cooking. They didn't feel like preparing what you ordered. And sometimes I think we give God a bowl of spaghetti when he expects the, the nice, medium-rare steak. There's an order that he has for our churches, but we're giving him something different. And what happens when he walks into here to our place, and do you know he's here this morning? When two or more are gathered, he says, I will be with you. He is the guest of honor. I'm coming back to the what? Heart of worship. Why? Because it's all about you, Lord. It's not about, and I love, I love the music team, but it's not about the, these guys. It's not about me or anyone else, but Jesus himself. Where's your heart this morning? Don't think about nothing else. We're going to dig in. Revelation 2, verses 4 through 5 says, and it may be up on the screen, I don't know, 
but just follow with me. Now, this he gives, there are letters in Revelation, seven letters, okay, that he gives to, to, to several church, seven letters to seven different churches. This is one of them. He tells this church, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember where you have fallen, repent, and do the deeds you did at first. You remember when you were saved? You remember when you gave your life over to Jesus? You remember the time where you realized that I'm a sinner and I cannot have everlasting life, that John 3.16 says, unless I repent, unless I give my life to Jesus Christ. There was a time in your life that that's happened. And I remembered when I sat in front of my pastor and, and he shared with me what would happen if I wasn't saved. I remember the feeling that I had when I got up, the pressure off my shoulders. I remember the, the joy that I have of Jesus Christ because that's the pure Holy Spirit that comes upon you. And I remember telling my parents and my family, and I remember doing the things that, that please God. But it wasn't soon after that when I started going back to some old habits. Church, do you remember when you walked into this place and you started a church? God used you to start a church in East Bernard. He's telling this church, he goes, I have this one thing against you, that you've left your first love. You've forgotten about me. You loved me, but now you've forgotten about me. Now you walk into a place and you make it all about you. And it's not about you. It's about me. He says, therefore, remember where you have fallen. Don't forget where you have come from and repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else what? Or else what? There's a consequence when we continue to follow ourselves and continue to follow man, he goes, or else I am coming and I'll remove your lampstand out of this place unless you repent. That, that lampstand is Jesus Christ. He gives you the right to become a church. This is Jesus' church. It's his, and you've got to put him at the head. But when you remove him from, that part, from, from the head of this church, he's saying, if you don't stop it, you must repent or else I'm going to remove my son out of there. And all you're going to become is just a glorified country club. That's all this is if we don't put Jesus at the head. That's all this is unless you put Jesus the head of your life. And also in Luke, and I didn't give you these scriptures, but look at Luke chapter 12, 42 through 47. If you want to go back and read, it talks about a master leaving his servants with things to do, with tasks to be done. And the master returned and expected these tasks to be, to be accomplished. But he saw that his commands were neglected. And these servants, they were punished harshly. Go back and read that story. And then we can't ignore this parable that Jesus told. Jesus is returning soon, and he expects his church to take his commands seriously. Church is imperative that we discern between what we want and what God's commands are. Our job is to obey and let him do the rest. Our job is to obey even when we don't understand. Do your kids ever ask you, why do I got to do this? Why? Because I said so. Well, it's the same thing. Just do it. Just do it. 
See, it's not that our desires are all bad. A lot of us have really good ideas when it comes to church, but you know what happens? Is that we put our desires and our ideas before we put, we, we, we put those over God's Word. We're about to dig in here, okay? This is the key. There is a key word that separates the modern church from the church in Acts that we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. The word is devoted. And that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to be here today. I'm going to, this is my introduction to this, and we're going to dig in because there's four things the disciples were devoted to. We're going to look at those four things. If you're wondering what's going on with my finger, okay, I broke my pinky, that's all. Playing kickball with our church kids. So when you see a, when you see a kid that you really want to hit with the ball, I mean, this kid was like, I'm ready to nail this kid. And I went all out, and I did the do 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 And I'm a little top-heavy. And, and so I fell, face-planted. I don't know if I hit the kid, and my finger was all bent sideways. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I, I got up, and I'm like, did, did I hit Casey? And Casey was like, yeah, you hit me. I'm like, all right, good. Then I went off and screamed and yelled. But, but yeah, I mean, that's the life of, of a student pastor. I mean, and, and also, I'm just too old to do that, I guess, or too overweight. So someone said, you trip over a hole? And I was like, well, I don't know if I tripped over it or fell in it, but there's a hole there now. <laughs> okay? So, there, yes. Anyway, so four things, <laughs> four things. Let's read Acts 2, 42 through 43. The word devoted. Okay, we must repent, do the deeds we did at first. This is the first church. This, well, no, that's in my, the first, we could, there's a debate. You could debate what the first church was, but Jesus and his disciples, the first church. Here's the church of Acts, okay? They were continually devoting, there it is, devote, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, those four things, those four things, they, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, A-W-E, awe. Just think about that for a minute. You know that word, the Greek word is phobos. The same word we get phobia. The same word we get, that's where fear comes from. Some of your translations may say that everyone kept feeling a sense of fear. This is biblical fear. Did you get a sense of awe when you walked in? Folks, you get the worship God, you get to worship someone with someone else. You get to come here with your church family who believes like you do. And we get to worship the one true God. The God that can raise the dead. The God that gave you life. There should be a sense of awe when we meet together. Because we have one thing in common, and who is that? Jesus. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Today's main point, if we're going to experience biblical awe, biblical fear, we must have biblical devotion. We must have biblical devotion. Acts 2.42, they were devoted, number one, to the apostles' teaching. And that's today. You want to know what I'm preaching next time? They were devoted to what? To the fellowship. So we're going to talk about the fellowship of our church next time we meet. Devoted to following God. Do other opinions matter? I don't know. 
Society's going to tell me I need to listen to everyone's opinion and try to please everyone. But when it pertains to God's word, your opinions don't matter. This matters. I know that's a harsh statement. You may not like it. Now, I'm not talking about the color of the walls. I'm not talking about what color we need anything. I'm talking about the structure of the church and what we, what God's called us to do as a church. See, we're going to disagree on things. But sometimes we got to sit down and look face to face. Notice I say look face to face. Don't go be telling your neighbor. Don't be gossiping with others. That causes disunity. We don't, th- that doesn't need to happen. Matter of fact, if, if you're causing disunity, you need to stop. If you need to go talk to someone, go talk to someone. Matter of fact, the person that you feel like offended you, that's the person you need to go talk to. Do not go behind the back of your church family and talk about them. You want to know what tears up a church? You know what number one cause, I mean, I didn't read this. I'm just stating it right now. The church divides and the disunity comes from within. And what they need to see outside these walls is a loving church. Even if we disagree, we need to walk out of here and say, we got to disagree to disagree right now. Why? Because I love you. I don't have to like you, but I'm called to love you. And there's sometimes I don't like some church members. There are times I don't, but I'm called to love them. And I'm called to bring them back in. So that means if they are, if they are dividing the church family, I'm called to go approach them and with love bring them back in. But I have to have courage that only God can give me. Yes, opinions matter, not, be, not when it comes to God's word. When I was at Lifeway Baptist Church, that's the place where we're doing this uh, married people night. I love Lifeway Baptist Church, but I don't know why we decided that we were going to pass out some surveys to get people's opinion on church. But we did. And I'm not, I don't know if y'all have ever done this, and I'm not anyway. I'm sorry. This is my opinion. This is me right here. Is that we passed out these surveys and we started reading them. And all we got was like, we got a lot of good things. I'm really loving our church. I love our pastors. But then there were a few that you just can't make happy. And I thought to myself, why don't they just leave? Why don't they just go? Because if you're unhappy, I can't make you happy. And I mean, there's the door. I will help you find another church. That's how I felt. And sometimes we have to allow people to leave. Maybe they don't like the style of this. Maybe they don't have this certain ministry. And you know what? All those are wrong reasons why to leave. Because if God's called you to the church family, he's called you to be active. Maybe God's called you to participate. Instead of complaining that there's not something there, maybe it's time for you to step up and be the person. But people complain. We're complainers. I'm a complainer. I complain. My wife's sitting there. I have to be honest. I complain. See, my focus was on people, but they were, they were talking about how we should have this sermon series and that sermon series. 
oh, it's this and that. And I mean, they were just complaint after complaint with some people. And my focus was on, on people to making sure they were happy with me. And we did things differently because we looked at the surveys. If we focus our attention on what people want, folks, we will only increase the amount of complaining. Why? Because I'm focused on you instead of focused on God. And God knows what's best for you. And if I follow God, I'm going to give you what's best for you. I'm going to preach what God wants me to preach because it's what's best for you. And that's why it's important to follow your pastors. To take heed to his instructions. To follow your leaders. And take your complaints to Jesus. Pray about it. Pray for the hearts of your leaders. And when you feel like you can't hold it in, then, then you need to have those discussions. And that needs to be right up front. You'll come to find is that it's really not that bad. Let's talk about it. I'd rather you talk to me about something I said or something you thought I meant versus be mad at me. And then you sit in service and not want to listen to us ne- <laughs> the messages that I'm preaching to you. Because you're bitter while I'm preaching. And you're missing God's word. The only opinion that matters is God. How many of you like Crowder? I love Crowder. Yeah, David Crowder, you know who Crowder is? Okay, he has a song that's, that's it's called Higher Power. Man, me, me and Olivia jam out to that. At softball practice, I'm playing music. Girls love the music, right? They're nine years old. And I don't play all that other mess. You know, it's clean music. A lot of them are Christian songs. And when I play Higher Power, I mean, it's just cool to watch the girls jam out. They don't even, some of them don't even know it's a Christian song. They're singing words to it, right? Higher Power, Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. Let's, let's read. Paul says, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says, I didn't come to you with any other message but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not persuasive words of wisdom. He didn't speak these big eloquent words. He got down to the truth. But in demonstration of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit led Paul and of power so that your faith, your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Scripture is our starting point not desire or tradition. Scripture is a starting point. Y'all are a year and a half into this church, church's existence. About a year and a half. And do you know in a year and a half, if you're not careful, you can start your own traditions and not even realize it. What happens? Someone like me comes in and just throws the whole thing out of order, right? I come to this guy and I was like, hey, here's what we're doing. And he was like, okay. you know. But you know what I was so impressed with? That well, I'm not, you went with it, but I don't know if it irritated you any, but you didn't show it. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, man, I like this guy. He, he could take a curveball and, and foul it off, right? 
I mean, and, I will, and, I, and I'll throw curveballs, you know, and I need to do better at planning sometimes. But, but sometimes things don't go the way we think they should. God's Word is active and power, powerful. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Look in your Bibles. The book of Acts chapter 2. The Word of God can pierce our hearts. Look what it does here in Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 36. Peter just preaches an awesome sermon. You know who he's preaching to? Let's read. Verse 36. He, his last sentence. He says here, Therefore, verse 36, chapter 2 of Acts, Therefore, let the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom, what? You crucified. Who crucified Jesus? Say, I did. Whose sins put him on the cross? Our sins. My sins put him on the cross. He's talking to the people who yelled, crucify him, crucify him. And now Jesus was crucified. You know the story, his death, burial, and resurrection. He walked with the disciples around a month's time, a little bit longer than that. And then in Acts, you see him going to heaven. God calls him home. And then Peter, he's not the coward Peter that you and I talked about over summer. He is the Peter that was like, I'm preaching this sermon. And he's preaching to people who yelled, crucify, crucify, crucify. And then someone is pierced to their heart. What we just read in Hebrews, they're pierced to the heart. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? What do we do with this? We, ju we just put him on the cross. He just died. What do we do now? We turned our backs on him. And what does Peter say? Peter said to them in verse 38, repent, each of you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What does he say? Repent. Church, we got to repent. we got to repent. If we've done things our way, if we made church what we wanted and not come back to the heart of worship, what we just sang. I was watching you sing as we were singing. And you were singing with all your heart. But now God says, I want you to put that in the action. To come to back to the heart of worship takes repentance. And repentance is a change of direction in your life. It's not just that I'm sorry. It's not that I feel bad because I got caught. It's not that I've been called out and I need to do the right thing. Repentance is because of who God is that I'm going to turn. I'm going to direct my life back to Jesus and make him the head of my house, make him the head of this church. That's repentance. And, and Peter tells them to repent. And each of you be baptized. Why be baptized? Be saved. Okay? Repent. This church believes in the power of God's word. 
Go to verse 43. And I may have gotten out of order, but let's read. I'm sorry, 42. Acts 42, 242. And we're going to read through verse 47. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. And to the fellowship and the breaking bread and to the prayer. Listen to this. Beautiful. Verse 43. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to the number day by day those who were baptized. Folks, they didn't have a big festival. Now listen, I've, I've come up with some really creative ways to bring people in the church, but God says the best way is to love one another, devote to the teachings, fellowship with one another, remember the Lord's Supper as often as you meet, and the people around you will know that you're serious because of your love to Him and your love for each other. You want to grow this church? First of all, you need to grow yourself. It starts with you. Some Listen, quality outnumbers quantity. Quality. And we need to take a good look at ourselves as a church. We need to take a good look at ourselves individually. What am I bringing? What am I allowing to take head? What am I allowing to come in between me and God? Hmm? This church believed in God's power. In John 6, 63, it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and, and are life. Folks, we've... What if we just met? What if you walked in here and all we did was just read Scripture? That alone should bring you into spiritual awe and fear because it's God's Word. Do we need to have awesome music? Do we need to have a preacher come up here and yell at you? Do you need to have all these things? Because God's Word alone is enough. And it should be enough when we meet. I told my wife, after studying for this, and as we go forward, we're inviting people over to our house so we can eat, read God's Word, and take communion together. When we talk about, later on in a few weeks, we talk about eating and together and fellowship, we're going to talk about communion. But I just want to say this right here, okay? Can you imagine what it was like to take the Lord's Supper in those times, in those biblical times? Some of them have lost loved ones because of who Christ is and they followed Christ. Some of them 
Some of them have scars from the persecution they have taken because of them following Christ. And they get to sit around the table and take communion. And they eat together and they say, and, and, and they hear Jesus' words in the upper room. I want you to take this and eat. This is my body. Do you realize this church, they finally understand what he's talking about? Can you imagine? It's not the relationship, it's the relationship they have with God, but it's also the relationship they have with each other. And this past Wednesday, we had a worship night. We paused. All of our ministries came together. I'm like, I told my pastor, I'm tired of pulling our families apart. Men over here, women over there, children over here, teens over here. And we're pulled apart. Let's bring them together. And let's worship. Let's hear testimonies from young to the oldest. Let's sing together. Let's pray together. And that's what we did. And I left there feeling full because I was with my family. The family that God's put together. My point is this, folks, that we have to fall in love with God's word and devote ourselves to it. We would see power in our churches like never before. And before they started, before as, as Jesus was speaking into John in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 1-3, reads this, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. We were just talking about how much time flies back here, weren't we, ma'am? And she said, just the older we get, the faster time moves along. When I get to heaven, I am not going to remember every person I witnessed to and rejected Christ. You know why? Because I would cry and there's no tears in heaven. But I want to see you there. And if you came, if you've been coming, going to church just to check a box, folks, we can't check a box anymore. We got to come back to the heart of worship. If that's you this morning, maybe you've never given your life over to Jesus. That's what church is about. If you've never truly, maybe you've just been going through the motions, you're going to have that opportunity. We're going to have an invitation. As the band plays, we're going to have a time of invitation. But church, this is your time to repent. You know, you could drive a stake down today. Repent and go back to your first love. As the band comes up, we're going to pray. I ask that you bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to think about the words that we've read and the things that God has told you just now. Remember that it's God who gives us the power to understand, gives us the courage to read. It is God who's here, His Son, Jesus Christ, in the midst. And if you feel that God's telling you it's time to go, but you feel Jesus drawing you to Him, Folks, don't ignore that.
you come talk to me, Pastor Ron. Father, I thank you for all that you do for us. And Lord, I just pray that there's someone here that doesn't know you, Lord, that right now, as you draw them, Lord, they would release, Lord. They would let go of their life and follow you, God. And there are some Christians inside this room that need to let go of their life and grab a hold of the life that you have for them. Father, help us to repent and turn back to you. As we sing to you, Lord, we give you all honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. If you have questions about this week's message or would like to start a conversation with someone about what it means to walk with Christ, please email pastor at cfeb.church. You can find earlier episodes of our podcast on our website at cfeb.church, where you can also give online to help support community fellowship in our mission to reflect and share Christ's love. We can also be found on many major distribution platforms like Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to stay connected. Thank you again for listening. Now go out and love one another like Jesus did.